This morning, I, I want to just break it down into three things. There's a question, and there's a problem, and then there's a solution. So can I just say that I am going to end this on a good note, good news this morning. There's a question, there is a problem, and there is a solution. The question can go something like this. What in the world is going on all around us? It's a good question. I know some of us, we, we abstract, we abstain, we, we try to keep our attention focused other than what's going on in the news around us. I know there are some of us that we enjoy watching the news, we enjoy reading what's going on all around us. But I will ask you, whatever side of the fence you are, whether you're saturated in the culture today, if you're up to date in current events, or you just are so not into it, I would still ask you the same question. What in the world is going on around us today? If you ask that question with a selfish bend, you probably ask the question like this, like, why are all of these things, some people would say it this way, why are bad things, and if we're really selfish, we'll go as far as to say, why are these bad things actually happening to good people? What's going on all around us? I will say this, and I'd love for you, I I look around, I see some of you writing notes down. I'd love for you to jot this down as you go throughout the week. And I'd like for you just to do some inventory of some searching, allowing God to search you. I think that there are two responses to things that are going on on the macro level of life and then the micro level of actual life, which is more to do with us as individuals. There's a macro happening and then there is a micro that's happening to us. And I would ask you to go through this week and just do some investigating of your own heart. Is how do you respond to the things that are going on all around you? How do you respond to the news, the current events? How do you respond to things that are going on in your community, in your family, all the way down to the smallest of levels? How do you respond to the things that are going on in your very own life? I think there's two responses to the things that are going on all around us and even in us. The first response can be how it affects us to the point where we go inward. We just start to go inward. Our focus goes inward. The other response, I believe, is that we can choose. We can choose to live outward. Focused either on ourself inward, or we can choose to focus on the outward expression And I would just love for you to just journal down and write down some of the things. Because some of the things that go on in my life that cause me to go inward are things like as simple as how I eat throughout the week. Listen, if I eat in an unhealthy manner, there are many, many days 
where I am so focused on myself that I cannot stand myself. There's sometimes when I spend money the way that I know that I should not be spending money, it causes me to be inwardly focused. See, the world simply says, well, that's just, you know, buyer's regret, buyer's remorse. No, that is you being a very unhealthy steward of what God has given you, and we think nothing about it. But guys, if we will look at this thing at a much deeper Holy Spirit-led level, we'll see that when we spend unwisely, it causes us to focus on ourselves. I mean, I eat the wrong thing. I spend the wrong thing. Guys, I don't know how it comes from the women's side, but husbands, when, when I am not living and treating my wife as God leads me to treat my wife, guys, I oftentimes get inwardly focused. I know I'm not the only husband in the room that knows when I've mistreated my wife, when I've misspoke, when I have actually used um, a tone I hate when they use that word. Your tone was off. But I know that even a wrong tone causes me to cause divisiveness with my own wife, which in return causes me in the flesh to focus inward. I mean, I can eat, spend money. I can speak to my wife. When I don't lead my home the way God wants me to lead my home as an example with my children, when I have acted in the flesh and my children are influenced by that, that causes me to focus inward. And so all of those things that I've just jotted down, what causes me to be inward versus living an outward focused lifestyle. Those things that I just mentioned are mine. Don't take mine. You go and you do some digging, some soul searching in some quiet time this week. And you ask yourself, God, what is it that causes me to be so focused on myself? Basically, I could summarize mine up, but I just I am a terrible steward with what God has given me, causing me to be focused on myself. Next Sunday, where I'm going to just be teaching from is the parable of the talents. If you want to get a head start, you can read on that. And I'll just give you just a clip from next Sunday's notes. Is We've always bashed or knocked on the guy who had the one talent given to him and he buried it. How dare he? We know he's the one that got the talent taken from him, right? But can I tell you something? Burying the very precious talent that his master gave him is the natural human thing to do. Focusing inward is the natural human thing to do. But if we're wanting to live above the natural, if we're wanting to, as individuals, Wanting to operate from a kingdom perspective, we cannot just go with the natural. So let's flip my 
my digging, when I spend money that is, when I know that it is unwise, instead of causing myself to focus on myself, what should my response be? And I'm not going to answer that here this morning, but I would push you as far as to say that that is the next response that we figure out. Whenever we do something that causes us to be inward, our next response should be, okay, God, I know that that's where I've gone. Instead of being inward focused, I am going to whatever you tell me because I am sick and tired of being and living an inward focused life. I'm tired of operating as a selfish individual. And if I could get or break myself from being selfish, listen, if I could break the selfish nature in Scott, I would have done it a long time ago because I have been tired of being a selfish person, not only now at age 43, but it's been this way for a long time. The self can only be crushed and broken by God. Not the preacher. Not a sermon, not even our favorite Christian song. Our wives can't break it, although we can break our wives. So I told you this wasn't one of those great, exciting sermons. But don't hear me, please. Truly allow the space in your mind and your thoughts to be filled with the Holy Spirit as we walk through this. So the question is, what's going on all around us? What are some of these events that are taking place? How do we look at them? John chapter 11. Look at this event. We've been here for three weeks now. And I want to go back to the 15th verse of John 11. I know we're way past that. But look at this event. Lazarus is dead. That's what Jesus just said. Lazarus is dead. What's going on all around these people is that the friend of Jesus, the brother of Mary and Martha, is dead. And Jesus was nowhere to be found. And Jesus has the nerve to say in the 15th verse, And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there. Because now you have another opportunity. Underline the word opportunity or write that word down in your notes. Because what in the world is going on all around you? Listen, if we for just a little fraction of a moment can get focused off of ourself, we're going to see that there are opportunities all around us. But I'm just speaking for myself and my experience. I don't know what it means to you or what life looks like for you. But listen, if I am focused on myself, I can promise you I am going to be missing all of the God opportunities all around me. And Jesus says here, shaking probably every thought in their human mind. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there because now you have another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. 
hey, God, please help us as a community. Maybe this is just a prayer for you and your family. God, help us to be so focused on you that we have no chance to focus on ourselves. What in the world is going on around us? Go back just to the ninth chapter of John. Listen to this. John chapter 9, the very first part of John chapter 9. I love this. Again, I'm reading in the Passion Translation. Your translation says something very similar to this. John 9, first verse. Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him the natural human question. His disciples asked him, teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness, his own or the sins of his parents? And in verse three, Jesus answered, neither. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. It makes no sense. You mean to tell me that God can use something bad according to our human, according to the natural, that God can use something like this guy's blindness so that other people could watch this blind man experience God. You see, what I'm wanting to do here is focus and highlight. I want you to understand what our inward self, natural flesh, what selfishness is actually causing so many of us to miss on a daily basis. Because this doesn't make sense to us. If this makes sense to you in the natural, then you need to just thank God. Thank God for allowing you to have a kingdom mind and you may not even have realized it. But if I'm being honest, this makes no sense. That it was a good thing that Jesus wasn't there for his best friend Lazarus. So when he did get sick, Jesus touches him and the sickness goes away. But Jesus says, it's a good thing that I wasn't there and I'm not coming for four days. Jesus said, that was a good thing. That doesn't make sense to me. And now God is saying that it is a good thing that this man was born blind so that other people and this man could experience God. It doesn't make sense. But it does start to make sense when I start focusing on things other than Scott and things making sense to me. I read Oswald Chambers almost every morning. I'd encourage you to join in and read as much as Oswald Chambers. I read his devotional, um, his utmost for his highest, or my utmost for his highest, every, almost every morning. I, I journal it. 
And a couple of days ago, if you read in Oswald Chambers' devotional, you will have read this very quote. And he said this just a few days back. He said, nothing Jesus Christ ever said is common sense. He says it is revelation sense. And so what in the world is going on around us? If we're trying to have it make sense to us. And I believe the reason we want it to make sense to us is selfish at its core. We want it to make sense to us. There is no way that we can be selfish, centered inwardly, and desire for everything God is doing to make sense. Outwardly focused, there are going to be things going on all around us, maybe in your very life this second, that you cannot wrap your mind around. It doesn't add up to you. And what I'm saying is that's okay. Again, Oswald said nothing Jesus Christ ever said was common sense. If everything that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit said and did made sense, we would not need faith in God. We would not need relationship on a daily basis with the Holy Spirit. But some of us are waiting for the light to come on before we take the next step. And God is saying, I'm not going to turn the light on. I'm just wanting you to take the next step. But God, I want to know where I'm going next. See, we're rooted in self. God, I want to know what you're doing next. We're rooted in self. God, I want to know how this is going to turn out. See, we just need to check our hearts. Do we really want to know how it turns out for God's sake or ours? God, I want to know what the vision of this next season of life looks like. Where is that rooted? You see, it's a selfless kingdom outward focused life that is possible for us today in this room. Do you believe that? It is this kind of life that I am just hoping the Holy Spirit sparks in us that caused a man. It led a man who lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his, his wealth. He lost everything as he knew it. And listen to what he said. He said, even though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. It's a man by the name of Job. It's the same kind of lifestyle that led three young Jewish men in the face of losing their very life. Pastor Brent spoke on these several weeks ago. In the face of losing their very life, this is what they were able to say. 
even if God doesn't come through, we want you to know, King Nebuchadnezzar, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Even if things don't turn out according to the way I want them, God, I am still going to have faith in you. God, even if the news doesn't come back positive for me, I am going to hope in you. Listen, God, search our hearts. Let's not get wrapped up in what we're doing right now. When Sunday morning, we're in a routine. We've done this most of our life. It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. God, don't let that get in the way of some Holy Spirit searching our very motives for everything that we do in life. Can we say, God, I love you. And God, I will follow you. And God, I hope in you. My faith is rooted in you no matter what. So what's going on all around us? I think the problem sheds light on the question. The problem sheds light on the question we just asked. The problem, and this is again, I am not wanting this to come across negative. If this is not for you this morning, praise God that you and him are walking in such a relationship that you need to be sharing it with other people. But the problem that I have been a part of is that I'm a part of a culture that is so much more focused on myself and my ways than I am desiring God and his ways. That's the problem. And I'm a part of the problem. I focus on my ways way more than I focus on God and his ways. And that's the problem that I am a part of a culture and a time frame that's so inwardly focused. John chapter 11, back to that. Let's pick up Lazarus just came out of the grave. Jesus told him to come out told the people to unwrap the cloth all around him, set him free. Let's pick up in verse 45. From that day forward, Lazarus just came back alive. From that day forward, many of those who had come to visit Mary believed in Jesus. It's a good thing, right? Listen to that. Lazarus has just come out of the grave. And from that day forward, many of those friends that had come to visit Mary and Martha, her sister, believed in Jesus. For they had seen with their own eyes this amazing miracle. Can I just stop there? And I could just stop at that sentence and go the rest of this morning. There are amazing miracles happening all around us. Now, I have not seen someone come up from the grave. I haven't seen someone come back alive. But do you see the distraction of this world 
And just in a second, I'm going to say that we've got to stop giving so much credit to the enemy because the enemy is not powerful. He cannot make Scott choose self over God's ways ever. But do you see the power that you and I are allowing this world and yes, the enemy to capitalize on that is causing you and I to miss God all around us on the daily. You see that? These people, these friends of Mary and Martha, they start to follow Jesus because they had seen with their own eyes this amazing miracle. Stop. Take some inventory. What have you seen God do lately? And I say this in all the love that I can muster. If you haven't seen God moving in your life, we may be focusing on the wrong person. So I believe that when we're focused on the Father and under the influence of the Holy Spirit through the love of Jesus, that last breath you took, (laughs) that was God. Some of you in this room, you have people in your life that love you. That's God. He's all around us. I sometimes just focus on Scott as a lowercase g God instead of God the Father. And of course, I miss him often. These people start to follow Jesus for they'd seen with their own eyes this amazing miracle. The miracle of raising a man from the dead. But listen to this. But, verse 46. But a few went back to inform the Pharisees about what Jesus had done. Now, I would like to have thought, if I didn't ever read this story, that some people went back to the religious sect, the Pharisees, those who were controlling the law and wanting everyone else to follow suit. The religious of their days, I would have liked to have thought, if I didn't read any further, that they went back and said, hey, Pharisees, you've got to see and hear about what Jesus just did. I believe what he just did is going to change your life. That's not what they did. They went back out of selfish motivation. And they report to the religious of the day. You got to hear what Jesus just did. Now listen. But a few went back to inform the Pharisees about what Jesus had done. Verse 47. So the Pharisees and the chief priest called a special meeting. Not to discuss the fact that a man was just raised from the dead. Not to discuss that Jesus Christ is God's son. Not to discuss anything of the kingdom. But they called a special meeting. Church, we can learn from this. They called a special meeting of the high council. And they said, so what are we going to do about this man Look at all the great miracles he's performing. If we allow him to continue like this, everyone will believe in him. That's good news, right? 
Not if you're self-focused. Because if you are God, lowercase g in your life, you will operate out of self-preservation and self-motivation. And that's exactly what we have here. They said, if we don't stop this man, Jesus, God, from doing these things, everyone is going to follow him. If we're being led by the kingdom, God, the Holy Spirit, when we read that, that's exactly what we want, right? That's how we can sit here and we can worship Jesus and say in our lives, God, do whatever you need to do. That's how Job was able to say, I don't know why all this stuff is happening. I don't know what's going on. I've lost my wealth and my family and I'm sick and I don't have anything. But hey, God, even if you slay me, I'm still going to hope in you. I just wonder in our culture today, where people like you and I influence our culture, I wonder how much influence you and I are actually having on our culture to where we could be just like the three young Jewish men and say, hey, God, even if I have to go into the fire and get burned up and I die, I'm still not going to bow down to the way the natural is leading me. I'm going to swim upstream. I'm going into the kingdom way. I am going to be led by you, God, no matter what. I just wonder how we're influencing it. Because these people call a special meeting and they say, if we don't do something about this, look at all the great miracles he's doing. Everyone is going to believe in him. And they said, in the Romans, we'll take action and destroy both our country and our people. It's not hard to see the motivation of their heart, is it? If you're reading this and you're reading these scriptures, it's not hard to see the motivation of their heart. You know what's harder sometimes is to see the motivation of our own heart. It's sometimes so difficult because we've got our lenses on of self-motivation, self-preservation, self-focus. And my bifocals are 2020 when it comes to that. So I can't see even the own, my own intentions of my own heart. I can't see them. I want you to look at one real quick. I want you to look at Judas. Flip over a chapter. Look at this problem. See, the problem is we're so desiring self that we'll go to any lengths to promote and to preserve self over God, his kingdom. And his ways. You can read this on your own, but just for time's sake this morning, this is Judas. You know, he was the one who sold out Jesus. Now, I don't know where this is going to appear on the screen, but I'm just going to pick up here in verse 4. I'm in the Passion Translation. Many of you have probably never heard it written this way. This is phenomenal. But Judas the locksmith, he was the keeper of the lockbox where all the money was. He had the key to the lockbox that funded Jesus in the ministry. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. That sounds right, doesn't it? And if you're focused on yourself, Judas, you're so focused on yourself that you can't even understand your own motives. Because when Judas said this, it sounded right. It sounded like the Jesus following kind of thing to say. 
Judas said, man, we could have sold that perfume. If you look in the notes, if you do any digging in there, you'll see that it was like almost a year, I think a year's wages that perfume was worth. Judas said, let me say something that sounds spiritual. Um, We could have sold that perfume and made the money on it, and we could have given it to the poor. Judas couldn't even see his own intentions. And I love what it says here in this Passion Translation, John 12, verse 6. It says, in fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case. He would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support Jesus's ministry. And I just wrote down in my notes right there, that was Judas's true motives. That was his true motives. His true motive, his self-motive was he wanted and he was willing to sell out Jesus to keep self comfortable. I don't think this is just for Judas this morning. In fact, it's not even for Judas this morning. I told you this wasn't something that was very popular on my list to teach on this morning. But the problem is that we're so focused on ourselves that we so often miss God and his ways. Can I just tell you, self is in this, 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 it is a direct conflict and contrast of what God desires for your life. And I said I was going to tell you that we've got to stop blaming God for all of this. All this stuff going on around us, I know that it is popular culture to say, where's God in all this? We've got to stop blaming him for that. We've got to stop giving Satan all the credit. It's not Satan doing this. Maybe sometime this week you can go to Genesis chapter 3. And you'll read there, just, just read like 10 verses of Genesis chapter 3. And you'll see real quickly that Satan did not make Eve and Adam eat from the forbidden fruit. It wasn't Satan. I just read verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. It's you and I. On the macro level of all the stuff that's going on around us, Yeah, it may not be you and I, but on the micro level, getting down to this personal thing we call our lives and the people that we influence. Hey, guys. The problem is is me. It's self. The problem. It's self. 
I, I love this next passage. It's, it's going to be Galatians, and it's going to be on the screen. It's Galatians, verse 5. Go ahead and put that up there. I want you to see these words. Galatians 5. I'm going to just read like 19, 20, and 21. You see how the writer of this Passion Translation wrote this? You see what verse 19 says? I know this is hard. and Listen, if you're right now, if it just makes you like, oh no. Listen, that's the enemy wanting you to feel shame. What the Holy Spirit is wanting to do to you right now is he's wanting to shed light on some areas that is not God in your life. Self points outward. Self tries to find fault and blame on everything else other than you. Self wants to justify by finding fault and blame in others. The Holy Spirit in love this morning is saying, hey, it's you, but it's okay. I've known all along that it's you. This morning, I'm just speaking to some guy on the stage and he is enlightening the fact that it's you and that's okay. Let's journey. He says, because this, the cravings of the self-life, that is not what I desire for you. I don't desire anything for you that is going to lead you to missing my kingdom. Let's just roll through these scripture verses here just for a minute. You see that? Just read those to yourself. In the 21st verse, Paul writes and he says, haven't I already warned you that those of you who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? What's going on all around us is the question. The problem is what's going on all around us is our self driven life and so what's the solution Scott you didn't leave much time for the solution the solution we have to go to the word of God Psalm 51 the solution right before us Psalm 51 now listen, don't, don't go this week and just take my word for this. Hey, God, what do you want me to focus on? I know that I am focused inward. And everything that happens in my life causes me to go deeper inward. If that's the question you ask the Father, just get ready for what he gives you next. Here's what he gives me. Psalm 51. Just reading verse 7 through 11. 
God said this. Purify my conscience. Make this leper clean again. Wash me in your love until I am pure in heart. Satisfy me in your sweetness and my song of joy will return. Mm. That's for a bunch of us in this room this morning. You know what that verse says? Hey God, in a world that has so many lowercase g's, God's in it. Hey God, Father, you're enough for me. And it is truly committing into that your way that joy will return. Satisfy me in your sweetness, God, and my song of joy will return. Here's what's been going on for some of us in this room this morning. The places within me you have crushed, it's okay. I promise you it's okay. Those places that are in you that God has crushed, do not look at that from a selfish point of view. Holy Spirit, bring into us a kingdom vision right now that I can see the things in my life that you have crushed. The places within me you have crushed will rejoice in your healing touch. Hide my sins from your face. Erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Create a new, clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. today I just ask you just to be honest with yourself if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't know him as your savior you're going to constantly be battling yourself it is only a relationship with Jesus Christ one that is pursuing his ways not about raising a hand. It's not about repeating a prayer that I say for you. I am talking about you know that you need Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, a wonderful opportunity just to tell Him. 
It's a wonderful opportunity to just respond to whatever he says next. If you're in this place today and you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, listen, there's going to be some staff up here, to the, right over here to my left, many of your right. We will pray with you and we will love on you. But we will not do anything that the Holy Spirit of God will do for you. We would love to introduce you to Jesus today. The second, if you're here today and you know that you have a relationship with Jesus, but there just needs to be a cleansing of your life. I'm talking about self has brought in so much that is hindering you from even hearing God and definitely keeping you from responding to God. I'm just going to say you today and God, you don't need anybody praying over you. You don't need me leading a prayer over you. But if God, the Holy Spirit has brought this today, that you know that there needs to be a cleansing of things in your life, then just respond. Just have a conversation today, tomorrow. I will push you as far as to say, hey, just write some of these things down. They're going to hurt you. And when they start to hurt you and even embarrass you, you say this, hey, God, I know this feeling is not from you. So in Jesus' name, Satan, you must leave me alone. Shame does not come from the Father. When we have light shed on the things in our life that are not of God, he doesn't cause us to feel shame. You write these things down and you will have freedom. Wow. Freedom comes from the Father. A cleansing is what maybe some of us need. You see, a cleansing, shedding light on that leads to a renewal. And a renewal today, I believe, is that there is a hunger and an excitement when it comes to things God is laying down in front of us. You will have a challenge, a dark step to take. You will have to have faith in God to move tomorrow. And instead of you desiring dark places, instead of you desiring isolation, Instead of you praying away the situation that you go and face, a renewal of your relationship with God causes you to get up in the morning and say, I don't know what's getting ready to happen in this next step, God, but I know that you're wanting me to go that way, so let's go. And we do it. And the world looks at us a little crazy, but the brothers and sisters in Christ, we look at you and we encourage you. And you're like, I get you, man, you're crazy but I know you love Jesus and I know you're being led by the Holy Spirit and I don't know what's in that dark room for you, but dang, there's something in me that wants to go in it with you. That, my friends, is what God desires for every single person on this planet. A lifestyle that is not drowned out by ourself, but a lifestyle that is being flooded with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we see God things happening all around us, every step that we take. That's what I want for you. I've tasted just a little bit. I've tasted and I've seen 
I stood in the face of the darkness. Let me tell you something. If the Holy Spirit can take me into it, I promise you, He can take you into it. 